Hello and welcome to this week's Agency Affairs. Agency Affairs. With me, Phil Jones, and I say my <laughs> partner in crime, the person and that her. follows me around everywhere. <laughs> and the, the Ashdown from Ashdown Jones <clears throat> comes first for a reason. So we're going to whip through these today very quickly because we've got a ton of stuff to do. Sorry, Isaac. Whip through these. Yeah. Okay, so the first one. Hang on. Do we need to explain what it is or do we well, explain, are we explaining gonna, enough of what this is? Ramble. We're gonna, no, we're not going to talk about microphones. Apparently we always talk about the microphones. But we, we were going to ramble on the, size the of our microphones. news reports over the last week in the property industry. That's it. Mainly from Asian Today and Property Industry Eye, who seem to be just reporting on the same stuff these days. Well, there's probably not much news out there. You need Doesn't to do something it? controversial again. To reviewing during lockdown. Mm. Yeah. So the first one is, this is quite an interesting one. It's more of a marketing one. I know George from Daniel Cobb. So hello, George, if you're watching. And you've had a really innovative idea. He does have a lot of innovative ideas. In fact, he gave me some postcards a few years ago that he'd created, which looked really good about Daniel Cobb and how they were different and how, for example, you can choose a home that looks right on the internet, but you don't know whether it's going to fit a pram in the hall until you stand in the hall. It was that kind of thing. They're really nice. We've got some of them still in the office. So I really liked those. And that's probably about eight years ago now. So you've always been very innovative and I appreciate that, George. So the innovation he's come out with is to take away the for sale and to let wording on the boards and have something different instead this is an example of his wording yeah there are quite a few companies that do that that's true he's not the first but i think no. some of these phrases are first read out some yeah we'll read them out first so the new board messages include i'm yours instead of sold let's do this i guess instead of for sale for sale yeah this is the one your next home question mark buy me quick let's get going one of his lets is is to let let the good times roll yeah just right, own it, rent me quick. One, have you got that sign? Rent me quick. Move on. One happy home. I got owned. So that's a sold one. We've got more. Yeah. Let there be love. I got let. Hmm. Interesting. My challenge with them, and them all for being different, I think this is trying to, I mean, I like the ones that are sold, but what I don't particularly like are the confusing ones that, are trying to take over for sale. So, for example, let's do this. Too a bit confusing. Yeah, and I'm including me in this statement. The general public are pretty thick, and they need things hand on the plate, and it needs to be clear. So, any question mark is just unnecessary. I think we're all for differentiation. It's got to be differentiation for the right reasons. I think that's what we're trying to say. So, why are you standing out, and how? And is it you're standing out for a gimmick, or you're standing out for something that actually makes a difference? So, for example, and we're not necessarily pitting ourselves against you. I know it's not a competition. Our boards are different because they've got a, a picture of the house on the board. So we can substantiate that with the vendor. We can say the reason we use a house on the board is because we want to sell your house and not us as an agency. And then they're more likely to go ahead and choose that board on have a board at all rather than not have a board. So that's the reason we give to a vendor and it's got a business reason behind it. Whereas this is literally just differentiation. That's the way I would see it. But then I suppose the argument goes that then the people who enjoy the boards being different are, your are more your kind of clients. Yeah. So a bit more quirky maybe. Yeah. And I guess the purpose of it is to attract clients, it's not to sell the house. Yeah. So I, I get that. Um, I think I just like anybody trying to be a bit different. Yeah, so do I. But I like the thing, wording and particulars to be quite simple in the sense that I like it to say for sale and then sold. I don't, I don't a bit know A more why. confusing message. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. 
In fact, actually, Claire, if you're watching this, Claire Maloney, she had this idea from Pink and Black in Oxford where they had You've Missed It. Well, a few, of our, a few of our members do it. Yeah, but this was, what, 15 years ago. It was yeah. a long, long time ago. And I think she was one of the first of her time, really. Let's move on to the next one, which is about that Google reviews Game Changer. I used to love those words. Announced by all agents. And the story here is that all agents have been a little bit of a... I think they're a bit of a white elephant, really, because most Does vendors, anybody use them? Well, agents have heard of them, but most vendors have never heard of them. And there's no reason for them to have heard of them. But a lot of agents haven't heard of them. I think most agents have heard of all agents, don't you think? No. No? Anyway, so but we know most vendors have never heard of them. In fact, if we went and asked our team right now, no, none of our team would no. have heard of them. Definitely not. So we've heard of them just because we've been in the industry for a long time, but I think that's not common. And so therefore, there's no point in having an external review system, we don't think, when you've got perfectly good review system with, well, actually Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, but Google and Facebook, Facebook. Are, the, are the big ones. Yeah. yeah. So go uh, on and, those and Google My Business. That's now quite front and center, isn't it? If mm-hmm. someone's Googling estate agents in Windermere, yeah. then Google My Business will show the review straight away. Yeah. Was well, it all agents aren't, but I don't know how, exactly how they're going to try and integrate these two things. I think what they're doing is they're sending them to a dual page where you can put your review on both. So it might say, it might be a tick that says, would you also like to post this on Google? And then they'd have to be logged into their Google accounts. That's one way of doing it. I wouldn't call it a game changer. <laughs> no, sorry. Is it still McCallion that runs it? I we don't, don't know. know. Sorry. Sorry if that's not email. Anyway, so he said, we were going to wait till our first ever award ceremony next before releasing this exciting news, but it's just too good to wait. Thank you. Let's move on to, let's be a bit, bit less controversial, which Early is the Christmas housing market. Present, Supply shortage for the fifth month in a row. So this is Landmark Information Group's latest property trends report. So it's fifth consecutive month of low property supply levels. Listings are down by an average of 9% compared to 2019. And completions have peaked up 44% in September. But think that's because of the stamp duty deadline. Mm. New property listings were down every month when compared to the same period in 2019, down 6% in July. in August and 8% in September. Wow. Well, we noticed that, not necessarily those figures, but in August, it probably was our lightest, wasn't it? In terms of ours. Yeah. You struggled in August. Yeah. And the end of July, really. You can see that happening. We track the exact number of properties on the market every month in total and by each agent. And over and the percentage over 500,000 as well. Yeah. And you sent me the this morning and there's a dramatic, I mean, that 9% is laughable when you look at our figures. From October 2019, it was about 840. 840. And now it's 280. 240. 240. It's down 600. So it's that ridiculous. 9% is a... Um, well, is that's a, on actual listings. It's just whether it's that's down on vowels. No, it was listings, wasn't it? No, it could have been listings, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see, A, if you track it, and B, if you do, what has happened. Because it, mm-hmm. I looked at the figures this morning, and it's been a steady decline over the months. Uh, I think there was two months, which will have been around March 20. It was the beginning of the pandemic, um, yeah. Yeah, there was a couple of months it went up, but since then it's been a steady decline down every month and obviously this summer the whole of the market gaps obliterated with buyers buying everything in sight so it's obviously going to be low but a quarter of what it was in nine, october 19 is it's is either dangerous or it's a huge opportunity of what's coming there's not very much low stock either low value stock because in october 19 i think it was 19 percent of the stock was over five hundred thousand. now it's 33 percent. now obviously there's a certain amount of rising inflation in that but even taking that into account, there is a much bigger proportion of properties on the market over 500,000 than there is under. Okay, so 
Simon Brown, who is the chief executive of Landmark Information Group, says, We are, however, seeing the demand for properties continuing to exceed supply. This market imbalance has the potential to lead to depressed sales, placing increasing pressure on property prices as sellers are able to command higher asking prices. So it's still saying it's a seller's market, which we're not seeing as much now. We're definitely seeing a more of a balance coming back into the market. What I would say is it's actually a sign of potentially catastrophic cash flow for us all next year. That is the biggest problem that we're facing, I think. And forget listings and valuations and all the rest of it. If you don't have stock that you can sell in the next six months time, we're going to be all seeing a cash flow shortage, I think. I think in general, interest rates will go up. They've got to, yeah. And at some point, there's going to be a cash flow problem for a lot of different sectors. I mean, the government really gave out a hell of a lot of cash for no objective balance into the market. So they gave 50,000. We haven't spent it, we've invested it, but a lot of companies will have taken that 50,000 mm-hmm. and spent it. So they mm-hmm. put it into the market with no balancing factor. Mm-hmm. And therefore, obviously, everything is going to get inflated. Well, it's also the same with furloughs, isn't it? We all we all got given all that furlough money. And and therefore, well, where's the money that you were earning? And where's, you know, are you, are you prepared? Do you have some cash reserves ready for next year? Because we've been kind of watching the market very carefully over the last few months, as we all have. And even we didn't anticipate such a massive drop when it came along, because it was absolutely off a cliff, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It's an interesting year, two years coming up. Um, there'll be a lot of defaults on those loans, whether it's intentional or unintentional. There'll be a lot. Figures came out last m- month where I think it was, the highest number of businesses went under since the crash. Now, I mean, we arguably could say one of our business went under, but we just closed it. Mm, yeah, so we I, sold another. So yeah, I, and I don't know whether a lot of people will have dragged the businesses out that probably would have gone under anyway through, because they had furlough. Mm-hmm. And, and then the furlough ends though. and then they think, right, we'll just close it down now. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure, we'll be interesting to see how that figure carries on, but... Was it your dad that was saying about the Chinese market, that the big Chinese property investor has gone bust with $330 billion on the balance sheet? Have you heard about that? No, I don't know. A massive Chinese investor, I can't remember what it's called now, but he says that that could have a catastrophic effect on the markets because $330 billion mm. in one country. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out as well. We're not a doom and gloom um, <laughs> mongering. No, but, but it's important to note that cash will be king over the next 12, 18 months. Yeah. So if you think you're buying investment properties, like our suggestion are. would be to flip, don't keep. Yeah. In fact, we've got some really good friends that are in the property investment business and that's exactly what they're doing now. They're flipping, not keeping because anything that could depreciate in value, I don't want on our books. I want to make sure that we're con- constantly regenerating cash and that is absolutely crucial. In fact, the last crash... It was Eric from... I don't think there'll be a crash, by the way. No, sorry, it wasn't. But in the last crash, Eric from... What's the heck's his name? Northwood. Yeah, Northwood Eric. What's his surname? Eric. Can't remember his surname. See sorry, his face. Eric. I know, because he's his granddaughter. And he was saying, if you don't already do sales and lettings, you have to do both because one is subscription and one is roller coaster. And that was really important to make sure you've got both kind of forms of income coming into the business. Now, we don't have lettings, but we do have Firewave. So that is our lettings department, if you like. So just make sure that you're spreading your risk a little bit is what we would suggest. Anyway, moving on. So there's a claim, a portal called Move Streets. Never heard of you, sorry, Move Streets. Agents' photos are misleading buyers over the true size of properties. So 
this is where it says the quality of the property that viewers are seeing in person is less impressive than the photographs lead them to believe. Now, it leads with, this article leads with the size of the properties. And we don't advocate wide angle lenses for this reason, actually. What we do is we do style homes and we do make sure that they're well lit. We don't try and mislead. We're just trying to show them the best possible light. Yeah, it's a non-style for me. I'm not really bothered. Well, it's a Tinder story, isn't it? If You're not going to take a photograph of yourself first thing in the morning with no makeup on and put it on Tinder. You're going to make sure that you look your absolute best. And if somebody wants to call you catfish, then... And yeah, if buyers want to come in and say, oh, it looks online, well, it's all right. That's what happens. Yeah, exactly. 71% have been disappointed. Not with my Tinder profile. Well, yeah, it's higher than that. I don't think that's true either, 71%. Well, it's Move Streets have said it is. Yeah, they've only got seven viewers. Move Street. Spicer Heart. This is the last story of the day. And Isaac was very excited about this. Spicer Heart relaunches. I don't know why it's relaunched. It's stuff in incentive scheme. And it's sending its top performers to Morzine on an all expenses paid holiday. And Isaac's reaction was, well, Bulgaria's cheap. The only thing I don't like about this... And sorry to start with, don't like, because the actual concept is good, but I don't like how it's top performers because where's the line? Who supports that top performer? Mm. And they're they not classed as a top performer. So in my it's opinion, fear it's, isn't it? it's, it can only it's be everyone or no one. Yeah. What if you've got an amazing receptionist that isn't a fear? Yeah. Which we have. So that's what I like about it. But I really like the concept. I think when we first opened, Matt Giggs took his team that year to New York around Christmas time, didn't he? And that was something I always thought was a good idea. We tried to take them on a cruise and then the pandemic hit and then... Mm. We did take them all to centre parks. We've taken the centre parks twice. Have we done it twice? Uh, well, once was for one day and then once for a long weekend. Yeah. But and we do I, I do lots of things. Idea. We take them to the races and we've got we've had lots of things and, that we do. Yeah, arguably you could throw this back at me with cruises, but skiing, not, not everybody likes skiing. That is true, but if you're a top performer, you probably do. You're probably an alpha male, aren't you? I don't like skiing. I do. They have been to Vegas, Texas. I don't know the Texas one. Vegas is more. Abu Dhabi, cool as well. Austria, Miami, Bangkok, Germany, and New York. And they still talk about it today. Yeah, but I bet the receptionists don't. Mm. Yeah, interesting it, point. It breeds, I'm performing and you're not performing culture. That's my problem with it. So if we're going to incentivize our team, we're not going to incentivize actually. What we're going to do is reward our team. We reward everybody or nobody. And that's pretty much our rule. And that's it. That's what we've got to say about the stories of the past week. Phil's got a valve now in the absolute chucking down rain, haven't you? I have. Yeah, it's only, it's only a casual one. Yeah, but I thought I had a casual one and I didn't and I lost it to somebody else. So be aware of that. Thanks for that, boss. Corinne's. Yeah. Well, it's true. I thought it was a casual cup of tea, but no, it was an actual interview and I lost the listing. I'm over it now. Amateur. That's why. Thanks for watching. We'll see you on the next Agency Affairs. She's not a top performer. Agency Affairs.